Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. It is July the 12th already. It would have been the last day of Stampede. Bitch, everyone's heads are feeling a little better this week. By less hungover people <laughs> uh, during this Stampede, I guess. I'm sure some people still partaked in some Stampede uh, festivities and stuff, so... Good on you. Got to keep the spirit going and lots of the drive through breakfast and different things going on. I know there's been some community parades and things too. It's good to see Calgary keeping it, trying to keep it going. It's, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to believe that it's already, that week has already gone by and uh, we're looking forward to the 2021 stampede. Hopefully we're back to somewhat normal by then and uh, we can all move on. I got a couple of texts here already. Hi, Merle. Roses are getting holes in the leaves. What's happening? How can I treat this? Could be a couple of little things. Could be a couple of bugs. Looks like it could be slugs as well. Um, I wouldn't worry a, a whole lot. Like it's sort of that season when all the leaves come out. They're nice and fresh. They're lush. I would just look over the leaves um, and see if you can see something, see any kind of bugs or things like that. You can use pure spray green. It's great on your roses. It's because it also, it's a fungicide and an insecticide. And it's great for roses because it helps with powdery mildew and then also cleans up any of the spider mites or any of the bugs that get into into our roses. And uh, one other thing, we got our nematodes in. And for the second batch of birch leaf monitor that come out right now, as we're getting pretty close time, you can, you can get those nematodes out. Also for the cinch bug in your... In your lawn, that uh, we got nematodes for that as well. So those are a couple of the things that you should look at doing at this time, and uh, and get going. What do I got here it says, "Good morning, fire season is here. How come the government doesn't listen to the native elders and learn how we manage the fires in the area? You want to save money, create jobs. All you have to do is ask. Bring a pouch of tobacco and show respect. Take care." All right, Stephen Marshall, Calgary. There you go. Don't uh, yeah, bring a bring a pouch of tobacco. I'm not too sure. Oh, instead of throwing the butts away or something, I'm not too sure. Ha. Huh. Anyways, good morning, slugs. Gross. How do we get rid of them? Please help. Um, we have slug bait traps that work quite quite well. I've heard a lot of people use the beer method, where you get a little pie tray of beer put it out in the garden and kind of dig a little hole and then you just sort of set the pie tray into it and uh, pour your beer into that and that attracts the the slugs might attract a few stampede goers too but hey there you go and uh, but that seems to work and also like I said the slug bait does work really quite well so and right now I'm going to go to the phone lines going to chat with Al good morning Al yes good morning Merle good morning happy stampede to you Oh, yeah, we're getting closer to Christmas, too. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay, anyhow, I'd like to give some comparison between the hemp scents and uh, the cocoa bricks. Okay. Which is better? Um, well, they're both, they're both quite good. Um, the hemp will hold a lot more, it holds more water. And it's a little coarser, so it doesn't break down quite as fast. So sort of, I, I call it good, better, best. Peat moss is good. Uh, cocoa moss is is better. And and depending on what you're using for the hemp sense as a soil amendment that you're mixing in, it works really quite well. What are you looking to achieve? Well, more as for, uh, for plants and for 
bits of the garden and everything else there. Uh, um, actually, we got a new product. It's just a greened up soil enhancement. I'm working with a local group out of uh, just, and then we get this off the racetrack. So it's a horse manure blend with wood chips. We're having phenomenal, like it just looks really good and it gives you that nice dark soil look. So you just put two or three inches over top. You can work it into the soil, but it rakes really nice and gives you that really nice soil look. And there's lots of nutrients in it too. So for a soil amendment, this has been great. We have it in bulk. Yeah, you have it in small bags right now, don't you? No, not not the greened up soil enhancement. No, we just got it in bulk. We're looking at bagging it, but oh, we're just okay. we're just getting this going. I want to do some testing first. We got the soil test done and stuff like that. Um, so we just feel great about it, and it looks really good. It gives you that. It's like a really ground up fine mulch, but it has nutrients in it, sort of like a new. So you can spread it out over top of your existing soil, mix it in, and even if you go two or three inches deep, it disc- and then the nutrients will soak through it. So it works as a mulch and a soil amendment, so you can mix it in. It works really well. So you would put that ahead of the hemp sense and uh, well, the if, if 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 you're looking for nutrients, absolutely, because the hemp sense and the kokomos don't have any nutrients really. The, uh, the hemp sense has a little bit of nitrogen, but other than that, it's more of a Hemp scents in the cocoa moss are to, to create uh, moisture, retainment, soften the soil, things like that. So it's good for amending your soil. But if you're looking to add some um, some nutrients and organic matter, the soil enhancement is actually, it, it works a little better than that. So. Okay, yeah, because I, I was down to your store yesterday and I bought uh, a couple of bags of the hemp scents. Uh, it's great. Uh, so- like I, I used it for patching lawn, too. It works phenomenal. Like if you have a couple of spots, um, I just rake it out. I put it down. I put grass seed over top, water it once. And really, you don't have to water it again almost because it just holds the moisture so well. So it, it doesn't expand too much, though, right? No, it, it does, because like, it, it comes in those little pellets. Yeah, yeah. And then those don't really, I guess they don't expand. They just open up and break apart. Okay. Yeah. So, but you'll find it really holds and makes a difference. So, just like don't use it in pots or anything because it'll hold too much moisture. Like if you mix too much of it, so like twenty five percent hemp sense to seventy five percent soil, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Because I also bought uh, uh, several bags of your uh, that compost there. Yeah. The thirty liter ones there. Yeah. And I mixed that in with the hemp sense. Perfect. And also, nope. and so the, the two of those would go together to really enhance Absolutely. the soil. Absolutely. And it uh, would make the worms a lot happier, too, I take it. Absolutely. You know, you're creating a good environmental um, environment for them. So. Heck of a deal. All right. Yeah. Thanks, good. Al. Okay. Thanks a lot. T- take care. Right. Bye-bye. All right. Where am I at? I'm going to go to Darlene. Good morning, Darlene. Good morning, Merle. How can I, I help you? I think a text picture. Yeah, I've seen that. Okay. So you see I have a split lawn. On the east side, it's really lush because there's, there's more shade there. Yeah. On the west side, you can see the pictures. Now, this is interesting because I fertilized last week, cut the grass on Thursday, and this just seemed to appear like within a couple of days. So what I've done now, I just... I'm wondering if these sporadic rains are enough watering for our grass. No, they're not, typically. Um, so you still need to water to slow and deep. Um, I, I like to do it twice a week. Like sort of go, I go 20 minutes and then I leave it for an hour, then I go another 20 minutes. Yeah, well, I've, I've been doing a half an hour and a half, but I'll do 20, 20. Yeah, that, okay. something like that is fine. If you're doing it two or three times a week, that's usually enough. 
And if you're using our Green It Up lawn fertilizer, you'll notice yeah. a big difference because you'll get the roots down there nice and deep, and uh, you should see a, a big difference within a, another week or so. Yeah, well, I've been using Green It Up Low for two or three years. Oh, good. Um, yeah, your lawn looks phenomenal. Well, as I say, the east side is really great, but the west side, this just happened. And what I did now, I, I gave it extra water, and I put some Rage Plus over that. Okay, just take a look, too, and see if there's any bugs in there. It could be that yep. uh, cinch bug got in there. Yep. Well, I have looked. I actually even took a, 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 a magnifying glass out and looked at it. I can't see anything, but I do have magpies that come to that part of the lawn and seem to be getting something. Would it be grubs or something yeah, like that? That definitely could be, yeah. And so you think just more water is what yeah, I mean? Yeah, probably a little bit more, and it, it, it should grow right through it. Like if you give it a little bit more water, then the fertilizer kicks in again. Okay. Um, you should be totally fine. One other quick question. Yep. On my back lawn, and I just noticed this, I have like two knee-sized mud spots. Is that... Um, yeah, those, those are just like worms underneath there that are just digging up. Right, so it's no problem. No, no. Yep. Just spread out that organic matter. Just well, you, you saw the, the first picture there of the uh, landscaping. Spruce it up, did that. Oh, nice. Us. Looks Beautiful. awesome. Yeah, and I'm waiting now for Mark to come out and do a tree, so or someone to come out and do yeah, a tree. Yeah, that'll be Mark. He'll have the crew out there. Yeah, okay, Yeah, your pavers and all that look great. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, we still got a bit of time. I'm going to go to Gordon. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning. How are you doing this wonderful morning? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day. It's nice morning, sun shining. So can't complain much about that. Yeah. Uh, Before I get to my question... uh, Beer for slugs, is it Indian Pale Ale or Pilsner? <laughs> I've heard the little bit darker beers. So um, so any of the ones that have are more hoppy, I guess, like more of the craft beers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I'm not sure which ones they like. So, But I just, uh, everyone seems to like the Paps Blue Ribbon now. That's sort of the new trendy beer. The used to be the cheap beer, now everyone likes it. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the question I got... Uh, I usually call in for suc- uh, uh, sub- yep. um, succulents. Yep. Uh, I'm growing some beans this year, uh, Windsor Broad. Okay. And uh, uh, and I have four in a two and a half foot long uh, uh, a tray. And the thing that I noticed the last week or two is some of the leaves it, they're getting um, uh, they're it's getting uh, black markings on the edges of the uh, leaves. Yeah. Uh, should I pick those leaves off, or what should I do? Yeah, I would just pick those off. It's really nothing. It's it could be just um, a little bit of moisture on there, and the temperature goes down a little bit, and just a little bit. If they're are they getting quite bushy? Um, they're about a excuse me. They're about a foot. And they're getting they're getting a touch bushy. Yeah. So and that little blackish thing on there that's it's fairly normal with a lot of the with beans and things like that. So if it's if it's it's if it if it's excessive, I would just pick it off. Okay. All right. You should be fine. Okay. All right. Thanks, Gordon. All right. Bye bye. All right. I'm gonna take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Getting lots of calls, and I'm noticing this um, birch leaf miner is just taking over again here in, in the city. And uh, there's not a lot you can do. We do have the birch leaf miner nematodes, um, the second batch. You can, you can do that. Um, you can spray with ambush as well. And another one you can use is a fertilizer, Rage Plus, and do the slow, deep watering. The birch trees do respond very well to that um, treatment, so you can try that to help them through that. But the Rage Plus does work really well with with uh, birch leaf miners, and uh, hopefully you can get them through it because it's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's devastated a lot of them. And uh, another great tree to replace, like the weeping birch, is the Prairie Cascade Willow. It gives you that big, big, uh, big canopy. They weep like the ones in BC, but they're actually hardy here. But the only one that's hardy, don't you can't get the weeping uh, willow that they sell in BC. It has to be the Prairie Cascade, and uh, it, it's phenomenal. I got one in my yard. It's a smaller one. We haven't got them in larger size yet. We're, we're growing them in the nurseries to get them to larger size. But if you have a if you have enough room and you want that nice weeping look, um, the Prairie Cascade Willow is a it's a beautiful tree. It has a yellow bark for the winter time too, so it looks looks gorgeous. Um, I had no die back at all on mine last year, um, so and it, it came back beautifully. So that's that's one tree that uh, I'm looking forward to. If you, if you have the space for it, it's if you have the nice big space, um, it's definitely one to, to look at. Right now, I'm going to go, oh, Peter, we're going to talk to Peter. Good morning, Peter. Hi, good morning. I got your picture there earlier this morning. <laughs> Isn't that a mess? Yeah, and part of that is is the, is the, the weed isn't in the seed. Was that all new soil area? Uh, well, I, it's not new soil. I, yeah, well, I just, I just treated in the fall you know i bury the leaves in there and, yeah and, so and, a lot of that is just the weeds that come up with them and oh. then unfortunately your 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 uh wildflowers there you can see in that that there is some wildflowers um the only thing i would suggest to peter is maybe seed a little heavier with the wildflowers right. and uh and uh, the weeds are they're just they're in your soil from before so right. that's all that you have a whole bunch of that. I guess we used to yeah, call it yeah, stink no weed idea. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You have no idea when they're coming up. What what's coming up? It's and really I think hard. I made a big mistake. Yeah, it, it is. Wildflowers are very tough um, to do. Um, I like to do them more. A lot of times, even into wild grass areas where you can just get the seed down in there, and that mixes in with wild grass. Um, yeah. Or you yeah. have to go really heavy. Like I'll be honest with you, Peter. Like you have to just. Um, or let the weeds come up first a little bit and either pull or spray them and then seed your wildflowers. Right. Yeah. I, my goal was to have a nice butterfly bee garden, you yeah. know, uh, with lots and of flowers there. But I guess did I you get a good plants. quality seed mix? Yeah. Did you, the, the seeds you bought, were they a good quality seed? Yeah, it was a packet of seeds I got at your place, actually. Okay, this yeah. does, like, and that, that's one thing I think you probably need to go heavier, like, because then they'll choke out some of that other weed as well. Yeah, okay. So if you, if, okay. it depends on how many packs you put in that area, because area, it was a bigger area, like, on something like that, I'd probably do, 
like eight to ten packs or something. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, one, more, one more one yep. more question. Uh, can you buy a wild rose? Is there such a thing? Can Can you get a? Yeah, we uh, bring in the Alberta rose, and I'm not sure if we I can't remember if we have any in right now. We have lots of roses, but we do bring in the the native Alberta rose. So okay, I'll call first and see if yep. it's there. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you so much, Peter. Bye bye. Yeah, actually, it's hard to keep track of the plants right now. This it this seems to be like we were fully stocked right now, and uh, which is nice. We, but we just had to make a effort as soon as the availabilities come out. I'm on the on the computer putting my orders in, trying to make sure I get them. And uh, it's it's a bit of a dogfight out there right now, dealing with with all the other areas because now all of Western Canada we're all up buying and and uh, trying to keep our supply up. But we've been fortunate with our with our suppliers. We have good relationships, and my tree lot's uh, nice and full. And uh, just a reminder, we have the best warranty in the business: two year warranty on all our potted trees and shrubs. So, hopefully that helps. But uh, let's go to Les and see what's going on with his apple tree. Hey, Merle. Hey, I've Les. Got, I've got two apple trees that always produce like more than ample apples. Yeah. This year, I got one branch that has maybe 15 apples on two trees. That's it. Huh. Like when it flowered, usually my yard is full of the little white flowers. And you know what? I think part of it is when that cold frost we had, like when a lot of the buds are set in like last fall. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff got frozen off. Okay. And then this spring, it wasn't ideal early on. Like right up until April, it was still like even into May, it wasn't the best. And so I I agree with you. I noticed that a lot of apples, I didn't see the, I seen some of the ornamental apples were gorgeous, like lots of blooms, but the edible apples didn't seem to bloom as much this year. So what I would do this year, and, and sometimes if they go heavy for three or four years, they sometimes take a bit of a year off. Um, so fertilize with 15, 30, 15, 15, 30, 15. And right now is a perfect time because you okay. just give it slow, deep watering and then fertilize because that, that'll build up the phosphorus for next, next spring when it starts producing blooms. Okay. So right now you're going to rejuvenate it with, uh, give it a, a shot once a week for the next couple, two or three weeks. Okay. Perfect. Alrighty. And, and on my weeping willow. Yep. No, a birch, sorry. Yep. Um, some of the leaves are going yellow. Yeah, you're getting that birch leaf miner, that brown yellow, and they get yeah. they'll get crusty. It's just you got a heavy water um, rage plus. You can we do have the nematodes for the birch leaf miner, or you can spray Roundup. That you won't be able to get rid of all those brown leaves this year. But if it's a bigger one, we also do the injections early in the spring, so you can color print it up the permit. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks, man. Take care. Bye-bye. I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. I'm going to go to Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Good. That, uh... Horse manure works wonderful. I know, and it, actually, I was really surprised in the the testing that we got back. Um, 
that we, we got off of it, and then it's been screened also, so it's really nice and fine. It is. Yeah, and uh, it, it works phenomenally. And so we're just starting to, I just donated a bunch to the Calgary Horse Society. I want them to try it. And I've had a few other gardeners around Calgary trying it. So, yeah. and we're getting good results. And I, I really like, like when you have that nice natural soil look, if you don't have regular mulch, yep. use this as a mulch and it gives you that really nice look, but still giving you the nutrients. So I worked in a mushroom factory and yeah, yeah. It grows mushrooms like crazy. Yeah, and they no, taste good. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and a lot of people used to and they use the mushroom manure in their gardens. It's good, but you got to be careful. It has lots of salt in it. Yeah. After the mushrooms are grown in it for whatever reason, and it can add. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of nutrients to it, but it does have a good organic matter. So. Well, I know Crossfield mushrooms. They give it away. Yeah, they yep. used to try and sell it, and I know my dad always got it for our garden. And it would, it would add good organic matter, but it didn't do a, a doesn't give you a lot of nutrients. So yeah, well, it's cooked out a yeah very high temperatures, and yeah, but it works good. Yeah, I know that. Really happy with the uh, with the uh, with this. Uh, we, we call it the Green It Up Soil Enhancement, and yep. it's the mixture with chips, and it's and it has uh, horse manure in it, and and the the soil results. Yeah, the yep. soil results are really nice, and it's a really nice looking mulch soil. Yep. So it's it's really nice. So I know people haven't been taking it this year. I don't know why. <clears> yeah, we've uh, yeah we we've aged this, and it and we've also ran it through the screener and mixed it. So yep. it's a it's a special blend that we've done up for it. To, that way we could market it properly and sell it. So yeah, it does work wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So how's Mary? I'm uh, good from what I hear. All good. Oh, okay. I've been nervous for a while. Yeah, she's taking a break. Oh, okay. Thanks, Joyce. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good day. You too. All right. Let's go to Helen. Curious on this one. Good morning, Helen. Hi, Merle. I knew. I know if there's an answer, you'll give it. All right. Okay. Let's, let's see what we can Where do. Where can I find a shorter garden hose than these 50 feet ones? Okay, I know we have 25-footers at the store. Oh, okay, that's good news. I yeah. didn't know that. Um, and in it, if you do have a 50-foot already, you could cut it in half and just buy the hose ends and make no, your own. No, I, I don't have it. I gave them all away. Oh, nice. <laughs> but people now are in townhouses with small little lots and... You know, a lot of the homes don't have these great big lawn or, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And for, to lug around the 50 feet, it's not so hot, you know. Yeah, but just measure your distance because sometimes 50 feet sounds longer than it is. Because even on my deck, I have a 50-foot hose, yeah. and I thought it would be way too long, but I can barely reach from one end to the other, and I didn't realize my deck was almost 50 feet wide, but it's... Uh, it's like it's the average width of a lot in 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 the city yeah. is fifty feet. So, so you but you do have these twenty five. Yeah, we do have twenty five feet. We used to be able to buy boat holes. You know, people, yeah. uh, the boat. Uh, and you can still get those at some of the the home improvement homes or places and stuff like that. Oh, um, okay. So you can get those like it's a, but I find those they're that they're not very flexible. They're that really hard plastic hose. Yeah. And they yeah. bunch up and they kink up really badly. So okay, so you do have the twenty. We have twenty five footers. Yeah. What what's the phone number? It's spruced it up. I can't find it. It's four zero three. Yeah. Two zero one. 
7525. And we do try to answer most time. It is some days it gets harder than this past week. Uh, we have we have lots of construction going on around us, and they it seems like on a weekly or biweekly basis we have a machine that tears up the phone line. So they we were down for three or four days. So oh, okay. so we're back up. So great. Well, listen, that's wonderful. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, hon. All bye-bye. right, stay safe. Bye bye. All right, where we're at. Let's go to Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, Merle. How hey, you doing? good. How are you doing? Good. Just a quick question. I got a fountain in the greenhouse and yep. it's in the back corner, but I get an algae buildup in there, and the, the birds come and go and drink out of it. Yeah, you Is can there use. I can pour yeah, that, in. I like get tired of cleaning it out. Yeah, there's these things. It's called Bacter Pond. We sell them at the store, and it's like a little, you know, like those little dishwasher pods that you can get the little, and you throw them in the pond or the fountain or whatever. And it was it was actually created by a father and son um, to to keep the dugouts clean of algae, like farmers. Oh, okay. So they turned it into a pond product, and uh, so it's natural and it's safe for fish and stuff like that and birds. And you just oh. put it in there, and uh, it gets rid of the. It's just called Bacter Pond. You get sixty little pods per bag. Okay. And uh, so it lasts you like three or four years or whatever okay. or more yeah, so for a fountain. Clean it out. Clean it out first. Yeah, and then, and then throw that in there, and then you should be good to go. Okay, awesome. All right. Oh, did you get my joke? Which one? The one I sent, I texted you. <laughs> yeah, I, pro- I, th- I probably, I got, I'll be I get tons of stuff sent to me, so. Yeah, okay. All right, thanks, Dwight. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, I'll have to look back at that and, uh, and, and, and recall which one he sent me. Seems like my, my days get uh, tied up in all these uh, emails and texts and stuff like that. Let's do one more quick one. We're going to go to Craig. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Merle. How can we help you? Well, I sent you a picture of a couple tomatoes that we just took off our patio plant yesterday. Okay. And they're really ugly, and I'd like to know what's going on so that we don't lose more tomatoes. Okay, I'll have to try and... I'm just going through some text. I don't think I've come to it yet. And uh, so when I get to it, if you're going to listen, what are they just... Are they rotten on the bottom? Are they bigger tomatoes or little ones or... They're, they're a little on the larger side and they have about half rotted off. Yeah, so what it is, it's blossom end rot. So it's a little bit from inconsistent watering and lack of calcium. So you need to use a calcium supplement if you're growing bigger tomatoes. And okay. a lot of the tomato foods have it, or we have at the store, we have a calcium supplement that you need to add to the soil. You water it in. Well, we've been using tomato food. Yeah, but it might not have calcium in it. So it depends. You have to just check is it, if it has calcium supplement added to it. Okay. When you're growing bigger tomatoes, it, that's what makes the big difference. If you're growing little cherry tomatoes, they don't get that blossom end rot. It's just if you're growing the beefsteaks, the Roma, some of the other larger varieties, you'll get this right. blossom end rot. Okay. If you notice anything different, I'll be listening. I will for sure. But I'm almost positive that's what it is. It starts on the bottom and works its way up. Yeah. Yep. That's what it is. So okay. just, you just got to get a calcium supplement into that, and then you should be fine. All righty. It's good to see that you have tomatoes already. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. 
It's just they're not very edible right yeah, now. Yeah, so let's get you some calcium in there and uh, and don't use milk or anything like that. I've had people try that. That doesn't work. Just use that. Just get a good calcium supplement and then you'll be good. All right. Thanks, thanks Greg. Greg. Bye-bye. Okay. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and there's a severe thunderstorm watch today, so let's hope it all bypasses us and we can uh, and uh, stay away from us. That's all. Let's all just get out there and do our... Get away from us, thunderstorm, uh, wave, it, wave it around us to the other side, somewhere south when, or we're north where there's no houses or anything. I don't think uh, either side of Calgary need any of that at this point. Let's go to Brian in Indus. Good morning, Brian. How you doing, bro? Good, good. Long time no hear. Yes, how you been? Good, good. How's, uh, how's everything going on at the farm? Well, it's uh, a quick shout-out to Steve at Cyclone Irrigation there. We finally got all six and a half acres irrigated. <laughs> Holy cow. Nice. Yeah, that was a bit of a task. But anyways, um, I got two questions for you. Yes, sir. Um, those columnar aspens that we got, grabbed from you last year at the end of the year. So yep. They're about 10 feet, and the horse is knocked one right in half. The bottom's healthy, and the top's dead. Is that tree completely dead? I would just, where the horse chewed it off or knocked it off, just make a nice clean cut as best yep. you can, and uh, and seal it with with that uh, lac balsam, and uh, and then it should be it should be fine. Okay. But typically, that's nah, not great for them. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a multi it's a multi though. Yeah. <laughs> And my other one is on the bubblers. Uh, do I do that once a week? Uh, they're about half gallon per nozzle. Because um, we put in, uh, well, I've got about 90 in the front yard here. Now. I would do it, um, and if you have it on a timer, I would do it for two or three hours, three times a week. Okay. And that should give you enough on that just to get, and all the water. Nice thing with the bubblers, you're not wasting any water. It all goes right to the root system. It's perfect. Yeah, no, you bet. It's a manual system, but that's fine. So yeah, you yeah, you just turn it on. It on. Yep. No, no, perfect. Fantastic. All right. Good luck, Brian. Thanks. Thanks. Take care, bud. All right. And I'm going to do a few texts. Um, I have a Veronica Speedwell that is turning yellow on the bottom, and the leaves are dying out. I have used Pure Spray Green a few times and fertilizer um, every two weeks, 15, 30, 15. So you're doing everything right. Um, those will get, if it's on the bottom, I usually don't worry because it's usually the older foliage and then the plants as they're growing and going into bloom, they get rid of some of the older blooms or older foliage and stuff. So that way they can use the energy to get into the blooming stage. So if it's just on the bottom, I wouldn't worry too, too much. Um, maybe check for some slugs or if it's a little bit wet on the bottom, I think that would be about it. And, uh, for the most part. And sh- here's another question. Should we prune a branch off a mountain ash that has suddenly started to yellow and leaves all longer? Some leaves have also dropped. This happens quite a bit in in larger, older mountain ash, and typically those branches do need to come off. Just be very careful um, when, you've, when you're cutting larger branches. Take them in two or three sections, like cut one and then and and cut it in a third and get closer and closer to the main trunk. Or if, if you don't feel comfortable, um, give our boys that prune it up a call and mark, and that would be love to come down there and make sure, especially mountain ash, you want to make sure they're pruned properly. You don't want to uh, leave a wound or a stub on those because it can open up. 
and they'll have a hard time to to uh, recover from that. Hopefully that helps. And I'm going to go. We got a bit of time here. We got a couple of minutes. I'll do one more before the break. We go to Glennis. Good morning, Glennis. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, I have a question regarding peony plants. So yes. I got um, a friend of mine gave me a part like a part of her peony plant about three or four years ago. Yeah. And I planted it, and that was. I mean, I can't even tell you whether I planted it too deep or whatever. But anyway, it's growing fine, but no buts. Okay, and and you did plant it this year? No, no. I planted it about three or four years ago. Okay, and is it in full sun? Yeah, um, or, not, it's south side, but there... Okay. Yeah, there are some trees. So. Okay, but that so does it get fairly bright though? It's not total shade or nothing. No, no. Okay, yeah, you should see some blooms by now if it's been a couple of years and if it's nice and healthy, looks thick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the only thing you can think is that you're lacking um, the phosphate in it, so I would fertilize it right now with fifteen thirty fifteen and do okay. that for the next uh, do it once a week for the next three or four weeks. And then that will build it up for next year into the bulb, so that way when it comes out, it, it will it should bloom next year for you. Okay, so I don't need to check to see if the eyes were. No, if it's not budding out or nothing, like it's it's uh, and if it's growing healthy, if it was planted too deep or thing, you would see it in the foliage as well. The foliage tells you a lot. Like if it's nice and healthy that way, um, uh, you're fine. And I would just think you're just lacking the phosphate in it. All right, so sometimes it happens. Like with some people never fertilize and they bloom all the time. Like, I know my mom, we'd have hundreds of peony blooms and never fertilize (laughs) ever. But it just seemed uh, for whatever reason, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, give that a try and hopefully that'll knock it into the blooming stage. So that's once a week, you said? Yeah, do it it every four or five days for the next, do it three or four times in a row. Like sort of, just give it a good shot. What you're doing is this, we're just building the phosphate up into the bulb for next year. Okay. Because unfortunately, when we get into end of mid-August, we're starting on the downtrend, right? We're going towards winter already. Right, right. And so what you want to do is any of our bulbs right now, we want to do that. We want to build up the phosphate in them so that way they have the energy to do that so they can bloom next season. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Thank you for your help. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to Stephen. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah, good morning. I don't know if you can help with this uh, lady down the block. Uh, pays uh, gets seven hundred dollars worth of food every month for squirrels. <laughs> uh, I mean, you already read uh, what what I mentioned to your call screener there. So uh, we have squirrels coming in next door yep. into gardens and uh, going through roofs and uh, having a party. Yes. Um, so uh, we tried many things. Uh, uh, I'm sure you've got those cat traps where we have to yeah, we well, actually were... the trap and then take it fifty kilometers out and uh, yeah, drop them off. Yeah. Uh, now it's just hard, uh, right? If one person in the neighborhood is 
Yes, that's one person that's spending six to seven hundred each and every month. Yeah. On, so on, uh, I guess one thing is is try to maybe have a if she's reasonable and maybe we're chat a little bit. That you know we're seniors, so we tried many different things. So yeah. No, you know, no, I get it. That's We tried many things. So. We have a product called Bobex that works quite well. If they're getting into your garden, you can spray it on there, and it'll, it will keep them out. Like, it tastes like tastes really badly. And uh, it's a herb-based product that you can use. And now, how big is that, uh, please, Merle? Because we'll be buying tons of it. Yeah, it comes in on. concentrated. It's called Bobex. And you sort of spray it on once a month. and yeah. uh, Or... Like there's there's some caging or just I guess and again the trapping and it's it's a hard one and and maybe call three one one possibly or there's not much you can do though it, it's a it's a really tough one it becomes a a neighbor issue and it, it, it sometimes those are tough ones to to solve. We have cameras and we counted over seventy five. Yeah, I, like, it's nice to see the odd squirrel here and there, but I agree if you get too many, they get into the house, they can create. Uh, well, uh, oh, I, no, I get it. Rafters and uh, gardens and everything else. And it's, uh, you know, the saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> now, uh, people that are younger uh, would have to Google stuff like that because their parents never taught them what that means. Yes. Uh, we even had a biologist talk to her. Yeah, and it's and, and that's where it's tough. But, but some people just... Um, she feels she's doing the right thing or whatever, feeding the squirrels. That's her enjoyment, and it's a tough one. So I'm maybe, like I said, maybe call 311 and see if there's some sort of... We, we did that already. And yeah. Their words is where your words is. They absolutely have can't do anything about it. Yeah. So uh, Cars are doing most of the... Uh, uh, killing of those squirrels because you yeah. have babies of babies of babies of babies. Of yeah. Babies. So well, all I suggest food. is maybe, like I said, try the Bobex and deter them yeah. from your yard. It and does work pretty we're good. Be buying lots of that and spraying it everywhere on the roof, on the <laughs> side of the building. Yeah. No. No. I get it. On it's, the garden. Yeah. Or put up some uh, some netting. I, I'm not even too sure what you can do. Like did, squirrels. Yeah. We we bought uh, seventy a hundred dollars worth of. Um, uh, fourteen gauge, yeah, uh, a chicken wire because that's what we were told they can't. You can't use the thinner gauge. Yeah, no, no, it's it's a tough one. I'm sorry, I don't have any solutions for you, Steve. This those couple I mentioned. Thanks a lot and good luck. Thank you. Right, bye bye. Uh, let's go to Lynn. We'll do see if we can do a quick one. Good morning, Lynn. Hi there. Hi. How can I help you? Uh, well, I text you a picture of. Uh, a couple pictures of a tree in the front yard. Okay. And uh, two things. Well, probably two things because I can't even remember what the tree was, what, uh, what kind of tree it is. But um, firstly, the lower limbs, I'm wondering if they should be pruned up. Okay. I'll have to try to see if I can find them. I'm. What's, your, what's the last two digits of your phone number of yours? Uh, three, two. Three, two. Okay. Let me, I'm just sort of scrolling through. Again, I got... I got like probably a hundred or so texts. I, I don't know, see. Everyone's um, typically lower branches. I are they dying off? No, they look fine. It's just the tree is kind of a stubby. Yeah, growth wise. Okay, I'll go through the text and see what I can find. Um, yeah. Typically, if they're healthy though, unless they're blocking or hitting into something, I usually leave them. Okay. Um, 
but I'll take a look and see when I go through it, I'll answer. I'll either text you back or mention on there. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And then the other thing is uh, it has a split in the bark. Okay. That I would have a look at because there's been lots of frost cracks this past year. Uh, so some of those need to get sealed up. You can either do caulking or call an arborist out to have a look at it. Oh, okay. And what do you use for caulking? Um, you can call Mark. Just at, print it up on our website too. We have a thing you can just click on there, fill okay. out your address, and he'll come see you. Ah, okay, that's in, that's good. And my other question is, do you have a good selection of peonies? I love peonies. We do every week. We get them in, and I'm not sure what we have right now. We did have a bunch there a few days ago, but we do get new stock in every week. Okay, I'll check. check Thanks, Lynn. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, gotta take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I like this one. We're going to go to Freddie. He has a solution for us. Good morning, Freddie. Good morning, uh, Merle. This is, I haven't called in in years, but I just wanted to share with you that uh, I've listened to the program for, oh, well over, as long as, way back in the Barry Erskine's days. Oh, nice. And this is his tip. My tomatoes over the years have just worked beautifully, no black bottom rot, anything, because, as I agree with you, they need the calcium. Yep. But the solution was... Your eggshells. Yep. Every time you boiled an egg, you put the shells off to the side, you clean the, the vein out of it. When they're dry, you crush them up, put them in a bottle, and by the time summer comes, I've got, oh, a good sealer full of crushed uh, eggshells, and you work that into the soil, there's your calcium. It yep, works. No. All the time. That's a good natural way to get calcium into your soil, absolutely. Absolutely. But if they don't have the eggshells prepared and they have the issue right now, we do have the horticultural calcium that you need to add. But I remember doing it. My mom, we'd throw in all that stuff into the garden, like where the stuff as we picked... We would throw all the scraps from the yard or from the house from dinner and yeah. and all the peels and eggshells and and all that. We'd throw everything into the garden and it would be gone instantly. It would just sort of get chewed up and it's amazing how fast the soil puts it back into the nutrients of itself. And then by next year, the garden was great and we never ever had to really fertilize. It was always always lots of... Lots of produce coming out of that garden, so. Right. Well, the eggshells, like I say, I, over the it's over a very time, good you just crush them all up. I used to roll them with, whether it's the rolling pin or whether it's the glass jar, and crush them up and and just save all this. This It almost goes to a powder, and my goodness. And you know what? If I didn't have eggshells, I grabbed Tums. Barry used to even say, grab some Tums. Yeah. And, uh, I, but crush them, the eggshells up. And really and honestly, whether it was Roma or beefsteak or whatever tomatoes I was growing, I never had the black on the bottom because they, I just worked the eggshells into the into the soil. No, no, thank you so much, Freddie. That's a great tip. Okay. I enjoy the show. Thank you, and thanks for calling. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's go to Rosie. Good morning, Rosie. Hi there. Hi. How can I help you? Um, we have a tree that we cut down and we got it, um, 
I think it's root rot or whatever yep. in the soil. Yep. Um, we get mushrooms every time it rains. Yeah. So what it is, it's just from the, from the, all the roots are rotting underneath the soil or into yes. the soil. So and that creates that organic matter, which creates the perfect environment for mushrooms and funguses and stuff like that. So the only way to get rid of those is you have to dig down and, and dig out the roots, or you just live with the mushrooms, and as they come up, you pull them out. Oh, so there's nothing you can put on it? No, no, not really. No, it's just uh, it's just Mother Nature. Fungus? Well, no, it's just, yeah, Mother Nature's in there, and uh, it just is what it is, right? If Are the roots sticking out of the ground? Like, can you see them, or? No. Okay. No, it's just the, uh, what where kind it of is, tree the grass was it? is spongy. Uh, it was a mountain ash. Yeah, so they're not huge root systems, so there might be only two or three bigger ones. So if you get somebody or yourself or whoever to to dig out those areas and uh, where you feel it spongy and then get rid of it and then your problem will be fixed. Okay. Sorry about that. There's no easier... There's no uh, easy button on that one, unfortunately. It's just a, <laughs> a, bit, a bit of a shovel and digging it out. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, unfortunately, there's sometimes there's only so much you can do with things like this. Got a text here. Good morning, Merle. What schedule should I follow with respect to fertilizing my trees and shrubs over the summer and fall? I have 20, 20, 20, and Rage Plus. Well, typically, we like to fertilize. I like to start fertilizing for first week in May, and I like to go every couple weeks, um, give them a good shot of fertilizer with either one, whichever one you're using, and then typically stop about end of July sort of thing, um, in that area, and then we we slow down on the fertilizer, and then throw slow down on the watering a bit, except for if you have a few roses and things that you can keep going a little bit longer. Um, but your bigger trees, you want to start slowing down, and uh, but that sh- if you f- if you fertilize them throughout the summer, you should have enough nourishment in there to get them through the through the rest of the summer and into fall. And then typically August, September, we start slowing down on the water and then slowing our trees down as we head into September, October, because we don't want them fully growing. Um, you want to start slowing them down into the into the winter season, unfortunately, and uh, and get ready for winter. All right, let's go to Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, Merle, how's it going? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. A couple years ago, um, I have a willow at my home in BC, and it's right on the creek. And uh, I called you because a beaver scraped all the friggin' mm-hmm. bark off it. So I put the fake bark that I got from you guys all around it, like you said. Yeah. And ever since then, I don't convince it or it's not, but it's kind of a yellowish green compared to all the other ones in my property. Yeah, and that'll be it's just losing out a, a bit of the nourishment and stuff like that. So it's it's struggling. So it might just need a little extra fertilizer. So I would give that one like a twenty 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 or something like that. Okay, and, and just, what, spread it on the ground? Because, like I say, it's right on the creek. Yeah, or if you can get a pail, like grab a pail of water, put the fertilizer in, then then put this watered in slowly around it on the upper oh, okay. part when it's the stuff where the soil is. And okay, also, get- when if they're right on the creek, too, sometimes they'll, they will turn a little bit yellower. Oh, okay. Are all the trees on the creek or just that one? Just that one. <laughs> yeah, and when because when they're right in water... Sometimes a lot of the nourishments get washed away f- quicker, so... Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, i got to get some Rage Plus anyway tomorrow, so I'll come down and pick some of that up. Sounds good. Thanks, Merle. See you, Jeff. Bye-bye.
All right. And and that was here. I got a couple other texts. Let's see what we got going here. And good morning, Merle. I have these small boxwoods that were planted by spruce up late August, September 2018. I have concerns about the ones with the yellow leaves. They face east. Yeah, they have a little bit of yellow. You just got to cut those out again. That was a, it was a really hard winter on a lot of our tender evergreens. So just cut out that little bit of yellow and then the rest of it will just grow. Um, fertilize those with 20-20-20 and, uh, and they should just perk right up. And I had the same on mine. I just cut it out earlier in the season and then that way the plant doesn't waste any energy on those dead leaves. And then there's a product called... Um, Plant, no, no, what is it called? Wilt proof, sorry. I have to get into the fall mode. Uh, Wilt proof that you spray on those um, in September, October. It's like the lip balm, and you can use it on cedars, um, the boxwoods, and it helps protect through our real dry winters. But uh, other than that, they look pretty healthy, and uh, so you just might want to add a little bit of, like I said, the 20-20-20 into those just to give them a little bit of a boost. And if you did that now, that would be perfect. All right, and we got. Uh, let's go up to Allison. Good morning, hi. Allison. Hello, how hi. are you? Hi, how can I help you? Um, hi, I um, have some eggplants. I have some planted outside and some planted inside. Yep. Um, greenhouse. The ones outside, they have this um, almost spotty brown, rusty kind of thing on the outer. Okay. Did you send me pictures too? I did. Okay, I did. yeah, actually it was perfect. I just pulled them up and I just oh, read this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me just sort of take a quick look through a couple of these pictures. <laughs> yeah, you're just getting a little bit on the ends. So a little bit, when you see that, on the, when I see it on the ends like that, and one of it is is that you've had caterpillars of some sort got in there and okay. chewed away the leaves. So a product you can use is BTK. Okay. And and that will help, or the pure spray green. Um, you can use that. Um, just read because you're not you're nowhere near um, harvesting, anyways. Well, so, I've, I've got other things around. Yeah, so. yeah. Just don't spray. Like just sort of read the label, depending on what. Because I see, yeah, yeah, potatoes close by, and yeah. uh, a couple yeah. of them kale and a couple other things going on in there. So which is good. Yeah, and there's a bunch of flowers that are starting up. In yeah, so they'll be fine with the pure spray green. But okay. um, if you don't see any bugs left, it looks like they've gone in and done their damage. And a lot of those um, caterpillars and things were, they're more of a June bug. Okay. And then they, they've moved on and they've uh, turned into butterflies or moss or whatever else they go turn into. So they, they like coming in when the foliage is all new and fresh. So... Mm-hmm. Don't pull off all the leaves, but pull off the ones that are looking like I'm just looking at that first eggplant, the one right in the center. Pull off those big leaves that are looking not great because the plant is wasting its energy on those leaves, trying to rejuvenate them. So just pull those off because there's lots of other foliage that will absorb sunlight and keep growing, and and then you'll be fine. Okay, and then the one in the greenhouse, um, it's like huge holes in the leaves like swiss cheese almost yeah and that again just little bugs got in there and just chewed it up and and, and the most part it looks like it's on the bottom leaves the older mm-hmm. ones so just pull those off again and then just let them let it concentrate on the newer stuff so you're growing in straw it looks like 
Do, do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I like so I just planted some okra in my um in the greenhouse yesterday and I woke up this morning and and peppers and there's like they've pretty much chomped off the top of the pepper and a great big piece of the leaf in the okra. Um so you think the BTK and I just spray it on everything? Yeah, just make sure you read the label to make sure whatever plants you have that it's not going to uh, cause you any grief. As long as it it's it's safe with all the plants that you have, just make sure you read the label. It, it's pretty good with everything, but just make sure you read the label. Okay, yeah, because I got cucumbers I'll probably be eating next week. Yep. In the house, so... Yeah, just wanted- read the labels on those. Okay. And again, I like pulling off leaves that aren't looking good rather than spraying at this time. Okay. I, I just I just pull them off and let the let the energy of the plant go to new growth and fruit and things like that. That's sort of my morning ritual. I go out in the morning, I walk around on my deck, and I pull off the older leaves on the geraniums, I deadhead my petunias, and I go up to the little veggie box and I pull off the cuz the leaf miner in the beets, things like that. I just pull the leaves off. I don't spray a lot. Um, depending on what it is, right? So yeah, a lot of it can be way. just, um, it can be contained with just pulling off the leaves. And unless you see an infestation of, of the bugs themselves, it's really hard to treat anyways, because everything's contact spray. So, uh-huh. all righty. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. And thanks for calling. Appreciate okay. it. Yeah. Let me know how that all goes. I'm always interested. And what in what bring yeah. why why did you try the straw grow you're growing in straw with little soil pockets? Yeah. Um I decided to do that because um well I've been wanting to do it for I'd say centuries, a couple centuries or decades. <laughs> Not centuries, decades. Yeah. A couple of decades. And uh well with COVID and, and having a lot of time on my hands being laid off, I just um, and I, I had access to a whole bunch of straw bales, so yeah. I so I thought I'd try it. And oh man, it's just well, they so work important. really good. Like they create that heat too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, I, I thought you know my pumpkins outside might not do so good, so I thought, oh, I'll put it in the greenhouse. And I had to slice a piece of the greenhouse out so it's going to grow outside. Yeah. So big. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Things that look really, really No, happy. actually, and I've seen some of that where they do um, manure pits in, like, a, I toured some gardens in England, oh, and cool. they call it, if you if anybody ever is listening, and, and if you get a chance, if you go to England, go to the Lost Garden of Halligan. It's down in Cornwall, and it's a big old estate garden, like 300 years old. And it was just, it was a massive property at one time. I was, and, and, but they have these pineapple pits where they heat them up and they're growing pineapples in England, but with, with, with spontaneous combustion from manure. And it's, it's just kind of neat. And then they have coal fired heated walls. And it's just, it's an awesome estate garden. It's just, it's so cool. And, and it's, uh, that was one of my favorite spots of, uh, of touring gardens when I was over in England. So. That would be amazing to see. Yeah, it, it uh, and hopefully things like that. Yeah, you, you hope that we get back to normal where we can start yeah, doing those things again. Man, it would be nice to get out of Calgary. For a <laughs> <laughs> we love it here, but it's nice to go somewhere else once yeah. in a while. All right, take <laughs> okay, care. Well, Thanks. Thank bye bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to Christina. Good morning, Christina. Good morning. How can Thanks I help you? for taking my call. Of course. Um, I have a couple questions. First one is my neighbor has a birch tree. We think it's about 30 years old, and half all of the leaves are yeah. like not completely brown, and there's worms and stuff. Yeah, birch leaf miner. It's, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's a nasty one. Um, and it's just, it's all the birches are getting devastated here in Calgary. So on the bigger ones, um, to early on, they need to, we have a nematode that you can apply or, or an ambush. You can spray them early spring when they're just starting to leaf out. That's when they, they're coming out of the ground and they're, they're flying up into the birch trees. Uh-huh. Um, or we do birch leaf minor injection um, in the early spring as well through our printed up division, and you can call and get that booked for next year. Um, and because uh, the damage is already done, the leaves are done. To, so what I'd recommend if anybody has this issue right now is do the slow deep watering, get a soaker hose around the drip line, feed them with um, Rage Plus. Give them a few shots of Rage Plus, and that'll help get them through that stress of that uh, pest going after them. So it's like so badly they they devastate the birch trees. So right, and so early spring do uh, yeah um, birch leaf miner injection. Okay, and then my other question is: I have about two hundred feet of uh, Catoni Astra hedge. Yeah, there, there is a lot of deadwood, so I've heard this a hundred times. Scale. They cut it right down. Yep, and I don't think it's disease and i'm like south of calgary like it doesn't if you have like lots of dead patches a... there's a bug in there it's called scale and okay. it gets on leaving it this sucks all the nourishment out of the out of the branches and uh, you'll get lots of dead patchy spots and that's probably what it is okay um, and so if it was some parts of it was uh, planted in the 70s if we cut it right down is it totally fine good? that's oh, cool. again that's what you want to do you want to just take it right down to the ground um and then let it grow from the bottom do a really good cleanup because right now the plant's using all its energy trying to revitalize and fight those dead branches right so yeah. if you get rid of it all all that energy can go into new growth do a really good cleanup and then next year like first week in july or june and through June, just spray them once a week with pure spray green. And that's sort of when that scale fly is um, blooming and sort of going after the ketoniasters. And what does it look like? It's, like just, it's a little tiny fly, but then when it lands, it, 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 it's, it sticks itself to the branch and it puts this little scale over top, like a little shell to protect itself. So it can just stay there, sort of like a turtle shell. And it sort of builds that around it, then just sits there and just eats the plant, just sucks all the nourishment out of the trees. Right. It hits the it's- elms, ketoniasters, willows. Okay. Again, they, we, we have no more systemic chemicals, and which is good and bad, right? Um, it, 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 it disables our arsenal of going after some of these pests. Like we used to have a Saigon for your birch you would treat the birch tree every spring and and uh, you'd have no issues right and because it was a systemic and it got up into the tree and the, when the bugs ate it it the, the bugs would die but now all we have is contact spray so it makes it a lot harder to combat some of these pests that are going after our trees so right. and and I and I do blame even the city of Calgary and some of these things too like they're in their landscape designs and plans they're approving um, 
um, Schubert choke cherries, birch trees. Like I live down in Cranston, Riverstone, and they're planting birch trees and and Schubert's all over the place. Like it's just, but they get approved by the city, and and the city should know better. Like, and we're putting the wrong trees in these areas that just are increasing the problem. So right. Yeah, and it's hard. It's just, and we spend so much money, and it's our tax money, and it's just, it's hard. I wish they would spend more time on actual solutions, and uh, and things like that. So, and planning with knowledge. Yeah, no, and look for the neighborhood. (laughs) But we use consultants all the time from Ontario or different places that design our stuff. Like I've been part of some projects, and the designers out of out of Ontario, and he has no idea what what works here, what issues we have. So I, yeah. I wish they would do more local stuff. Yeah. And and I think we would solve a lot of problems. We have lots of great designers and architects and stuff here in Alberta. I, exactly. I think we should keep the work here. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure... I'm not sure if many Albertan um, architects get jobs in Ontario. I, I doubt it. So, but exactly, uh, I've heard you say that a few times. So maybe one day they will listen I, to you. <laughs> I you no, know, and I've offered even I would consult even on the mowing yeah. of the grass. Like we mow acres and acres of grass along our roadways along Deerfoot, and then it looks horrible after they're done mowing. You have these big clumps of grass. If they would have just mowed the edge and leave the grass long, it looks way nicer. It's going in the wind. It controls the weeds. It, it's way better. Yeah. But and they out insist. here we have beautiful wildflowers yeah. everywhere. Anyways, now. anyways, we got to go. Sorry. I'm um, sorry. Can I cut the book? Okay. I'll just put you on hold and I'll come back to you. All right. Got to take a break for the news sort of going around there. Sorry about that. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to the Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go right back to Christina, and we'll get this over with quickly <laughs> without me <laughs> ranting on about other stuff. So, yeah, so you, I would just cut those right down, Christina. Like now? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, because it, it's dead damage disease stuff. It's just better to get rid of it. And you still have lots of time. We're only beginning of July here. Um, there's still time. It'll shoot out new growth. You'll probably get to about six, eight inches high. And then next spring, again, it'll just shoot up like crazy. So, And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a $100 gift card from 1-800-GOT-JUNK, and they'll help you uh, tidy up any of the junk you have, and they'll come pull that away for you and uh, and help you clean up. Right on. Well, thank you so much. That's yeah, awesome. so our good friends, at, uh, they always want to help uh, clean up our yards and our homes. And if we have any stuff that we need to get rid of, the good folks at 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Don't forget to use them. They're great. And uh, they're going to help Christina with her cleanup as well. So I'll just put you on hold. Gord will get your info. We'll get that gift card to you. Okay, thanks. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's go to... Barbara and her beats. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Actually, I, I had another problem, but I think I'm going to have that solved. Okay. Um, why are my beet leaves turning red? Um, well, they typically turn red. It could be a little bit of cool. Are you getting um, just pure red? Yeah. It could be a bit of a variety. Do you have? A, is it a different variety than normal? No, they're the, they're the the cylinder ones. I've uh, like I do all my gardening in in uh, large planters, right? Yeah, no, and, and I'm doing beets as well, and they are quite red right now too. Like it's some of it's from our it's a little bit wet and our and has we haven't had real real warm nights. So when we get the cooler nights, it sends the pigment into the leaves yeah. a bit more. So I think that's part of it as well. 
because not not all of the containers uh they're not all turning red so i haven't but they're all the same seeds hmm. i i don't know it could be a little bit all the same soil and everything or yeah everything's the same <laughs> yeah i i don't know that's typically what it is like the temperature has a lot to do with the color of our of our leaves yeah and and when you get the cooler, that's when you get the pigment. Oh, you'll see those the dark rings on your geraniums and things like that is when you cool them, when you climatize stuff. Yeah, yeah. And usually it's a healthy sign, so I wouldn't worry too much. Now, I have a, one more question, if I may. Okay. Uh, I discovered two days ago um, that I have got honeybees that have made a hive inside an old birdhouse. Yeah. Now... I don't want them destroyed. My daughter has contacted different places who will come and pick them up, I guess. Yep. It, it, and they usually do a great job if, if they're willing to come out. I We had that at the garden center. We had a whole hive move into one of our trees, and it's almost like they came overnight. And then yeah. we, had the, we had the folks from, I think it was Chinook Honey Farm, just down south of us. And uh, the mom and one of the daughters came by in their suits, and they gathered them up into one of their uh, hive boxes, and away they went. Yeah. I, you know, the problem is they're right by my back gate, so in order to get into my alley to the garbage containers, you go around the block, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah. I, like I say, I don't want to kill gonna, them. Yeah, but, so this contact one of them to come out. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I, I called the ones at the Chinook Honey Farm South, and they were more than happy to come out and uh, and gathered one of the crew up, and the way they went. Yeah, well, I've contacted uh, approximately four different places, okay. so I'm sure one of them will come. Yeah, no, arrange for them, just ask them when they want to come out, and usually, like I said, the ones that we kind of, they came out right away, so yeah. maybe try that. If you haven't called the, the folks at Chinook Honey Farm just south of us, they... Okay. Uh, um, always want to look out for our bees. Oh, yes. I don't want them destroyed. Nope. Um, that's for sure. All okay. right. And be careful with them. So. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I'm going to go to Sherry. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning, Merle. How are you this morning? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. We have some spruce trees that uh, are, I've sent you a text of a picture of them. Yeah, were they kind of fried on the bottom? Uh, no, they're like drunk. They're, their tops are tipping over, and down the line there's one more now that's looking that way. They, there was only a couple on the end, and it's been a, up to now a dry year. We've had like 14 and a half inches of rain now since the 20th of May here in Coronation, which is unusual. But we now see one more down the line looking the same way, and we're not sure what we should do about them. Uh, I'm trying to find the picture. And uh, 0071, my husband left. Uh, okay, let's let me just see. Is 0071? Uh, I don't see it. That's weird. Um, I don't, and so there, is there just lots of growth? Yes, they're very green and lots of growth, and then they kind of are just maybe growing too much, and then they want to just kind of... No, and I've seen that lots though with with the new growth where it lays down a bit. It should it they should stand up as they harden off here. These these are looking like there's so much that we we did try. We the winds like when they're younger wanted to blow at them one direction. I wonder if they're a baccarat or some of the weeping varieties. Oh, 
Well, they were a baby from the trees, you know, where you, from a farmer next, you know, and we just got the little babies beside the trees. So yeah. they were fine that way, and we put them in, and, and we, so I don't know. Huh. But if you find the picture, you'll see Yeah, it. I will. I'll have a look, and I'll mention it. Yeah. All right. Okay, that's good. Thanks. And as far as fertilizer, um, like we... 30-10-10. 30-10-10. Yeah. And... Uh, and they should be happy this year because they've got lots of... Yeah, lots of moisture. That'll help our trees. But Absolutely. And hopefully we get a little bit into later on in the summer and the fall. And uh, so our trees can uh, just, uh, without the heavy, heavy frost that we had in September last year. Right. And you just water up into, we normally like to... Yeah, right up till freeze up. Freeze them in and water them good. And That's perfect. But not fertilize past August? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye now. All right, I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And lots of great pruning out there. Seen lots of good pictures uh, on the Instagram and uh, Facebook if you ever want to follow Prune It Up. They have uh, the boys out there uh, like to share some of the work that they're doing on some of their uh, some of the trees and some of the great pruning and shaping. And unfortunately, we have to do some removals here and there on pl- trees that are in the wrong spot or unhealthy. Getting lots of um, pictures on beet leaves and spinach and uh, Swiss chard. There again, the leaf miner. Um, and I'm not too sure if it's the same kind that is going after the birch, but we're getting a lot of them um, in in our beet leaves and things like that. Um, and just you got to pull out just the worst ones and as much as possible, and because uh, otherwise you can't really use a systemic on your beets. Um, so that's all I would do is is uh, pull them off, and that's all I do. As I see them coming, I pull them off right away to try to, and then I throw it away into the compost bin right away. I don't just leave it out because then they can spread. It's a it's a tough one. So I'm going to go to Les in Sp- in Pine Lake. Good morning, Les. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I am growing some uh, kohlrabi. Yep. And... A lot of them are coming up and they're going just going straight. They're not developing the bulb. Is there something I'm doing wrong? Yeah. Do you, do you have them in a real hot spot? Yeah, they're out in the well. They're facing the north, but there's nothing. To, yeah. Uh, and did you use compost after, at all? Get that afternoon sun. Yeah. Have you used compost like manure or anything? No. Okay. No, I, haven't. I just I just worked this uh, spot up. It was grass last year, eh? Okay. But I've had this problem in Rocky Ford also, and I had a big garden there. Yeah. And it seems like about every third one doesn't develop a bulb. It just grows straight like a plant. Eh? Yeah, so uh, you can just thin those ones out. Um, a lot of it is sometimes if there's a bit too much nitrogen in there, they bolt up. And sometimes if it's too hot, because some of the kohlrabi and cabbages, they, they like it a little bit cooler. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that would be, you could try shading them a little bit. Okay. Um, still let the light in, but just get them a little bit of shade. Um, yeah, there's that right. filter they're cloth. The they're out in the afternoon sun. They get that right from about one till dark. Eh? Yeah, that will that will send them up like crazy. Sometimes they'll just bolt on you. And yeah, uh, 
So Absolutely. just try to use a, a higher middle number too for them, like less nitrogen. If you're using any fertilizer, like a 15, 30, 15 is great okay. for those. All righty. Yeah, I... Um I had a problem with my uh, with the spinach always. It always wants to bolt because of the heat. Yeah, same so thing. I went, to, I went to what they call a New Zealand spinach, eh? and it uh, it doesn't bolt. Yeah, it's a, it's, uh, it's not really a true spinach, but it tastes like spinach. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, my okay. mom always told us was Swiss chard with spinach. That's what we got because it grows way faster, and we had five. Well, I, don't, I don't care for Swiss chard, but I like beet leaves and I like uh, spinach. So. Yeah, I loved it. That's the box. I was told that's what it was. Right. So I always <laughs> I put a little bit of butter and vinegar. Yeah. And and man, I I still eat it today. And uh, yeah. so my wife, she's not fond of this. They they just ate the stems for some reason. They didn't eat the leaves, but we always ate the uh, leaves. But I find uh, the chard a little bit bitter. That's what I don't like about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I've, I guess I acquired a taste when I was a kid. Yeah. Same with liver and onions. Like most people hate that. Yeah, I still I love, love it. Liver and onions too. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Okay. Thanks, Merle. I really appreciate it. All right. Cheers. Yep. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. Uh, talking about all the good old foods. Used to complain about once in a while your mom would make it. Then now you just wish you could have it back. And uh, let's go to Kathleen. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning. I have a question about sour cherry. So I have three sour cherry trees. One's a Juliet, one's a Romeo, and I think the third one's a Carmen Jewel. Okay. And that one overwintered great. The other two, not so much. Now, I bought these in tree form. Yep. So they're kind of looking half dead on top, but out of the bottom, there's huge branches growing that look quite wonderful. Now, in the past, I've just cut those off because I wanted to keep my nice tree form. But now I'm thinking, well, maybe I should just revert them back to the bush form since they're doing so much better. But I'm wondering if they're... You probably had a bit of frost damage from last fall. And the cherries, aspens, um, some of the harder woods like that um, were really affected when it got really cold there. It just freeze-dried a lot of our... And spe- cherry trees, for some reason, got it. Um, a few apples, but not as bad. But the the, app, the cherries really seemed... I would just... If you could try and even it up with a little bit of pruning, remove some of that dead wood out of it, um, fertilize with 15, 30, 15, try and rejuvenate it. And they will revert back because all the energy is going back down to the bottom, right? And they're trying to grow from the bottom up again. So Okay. So would... Um, like, if they're... A branch with you know two leaves on it. Should I prune that totally out, or just leave that there? If it still has two leaves, I would just leave it. I would just prune down to where those leaves are. Like if the if it's tip die, like say it's six inches on the end, I would remove the dead part of it up until where you where the green is. Okay, and and would they be growing like that bottom part? Would it be growing out of a different rootstock, or would no, it be most of those thing? most of those are are growing on their own rootstock? From okay. I, I'm pretty yeah yeah those are all grown on their own rootstock so okay so Sounds they should good. be fine okay all righty so much all right good luck bye-bye. yeah our, our winters and weather mess things up for us all right bye bye and I'm probably just going to take a break we're at the uh, last uh, last segment of the show you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to Marv in Vulcan. Good morning, Marv. Good morning. How can I help thanks. you? Thanks for your program. No, I appreciate it. Love doing it. Yeah, we have an acreage uh, here, and uh, 
it's it's been faster uh like for the last uh prior to us living here we've been here 10 years okay now and we just want to try to feed it to grass if, yep like it's different types of grass right now and alfalfa and all that stuff and so are you just going to pick a spot, like mow it down, and then either round up or till it over and, and, and then seed it? That's what I wasn't sure of, um, if that's the way we have to go. Well, it depends what's in there now. Either just pick an area, and I don't, I don't like to go too big, but like sort of 60 to 100 feet out from the home, sort of create a nice perimeter around the home, and I'd either till it over and, and harrow it, or, or round up the whole area and then then till it over and then smooth it all out and then seed it. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, that's sort of what I would do. Depends what's growing there because if you, if you just till it over, till it over, you're going to end up battling all everything that's in there as well. Right, if yeah, you, exactly. If you're looking to end up with a nice lawn or if you're just looking for a natural grass area, then... I wouldn't worry about it as much. I just till it over, and if you're going to let the grass grow a little bit long, um, but if you're looking for a like, a, if you're trying to create a nice lawn area, yeah, I would I would spend the extra little work on it and, and get rid of all that stuff, and then and then seed it. And typically, what I would seed in there, I'd go to probably a hundred to one hundred fifty pounds per acre of okay. of of your seeding area. Okay, sure. So, and then that will ensure that's typically at golf courses. If that will give you good germination, good coverage and, uh, and get you, get you going in the right direction. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Hopefully that helped. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. And we got to go to Sheila. Good morning, Sheila. Hi. Hi. How can I help you? Um, I did send you a text, Merle, with a picture, but I've got, 30-plus-year-old um, yellow and purple primulus. Yeah. And they're just huge. They're, they've overgrown over the last... I don't remember when I last dug them up and transplanted them, but I was always told by the person that gave them to me to do it in the fall, but someone suggested I do it now because they're done flowering, and then they would get a better start. Yeah, you can you can deadhead and, and remove a bunch of the blooms if you like. Yeah, I've already cut all the blooms yeah, off. Yeah, then that's fine. Then I just let it die back and and do its thing. Okay, but if and I want to dig them out because they're too big and and you, you want to thin them out? Yeah, I want to divide them. I guess is what. Yeah, so I'm just trying to think when the best time. If they're done blooming, I would just find I'd wait for a cooler day. Like I would do it more when you get closer into the end of August. Okay. And and do it at that time because right now they're still growing. So you want to get them when they start down in the downturn, and then I would do it at that time. Okay, and you just dig the whole. Yep. Circular. Get as much. Yep. Get as much of the root ball as you can. And are you planting them in the same yard, or are you going to share them? Uh, I'm going to share some. I've yeah, which is no, which is good. And then so you just put them into other pots, and uh, and just I would probably use like four to six inch pots, and then you should good. Okay, so if you take one beet, because they're probably, you know, at least 18 inches in diameter, some of them, they're huge, um, just quarter them, like that's what I was told, just... Yep, some absolutely. And quarters? Yep, just use a nice sharp shovel, even to go from the top, and just sort of give it like the old guillotine off, and... Okay. And, uh, and uh, you should be good to go. 
Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. You're very welcome. And okay. that's very nice of you to share. Okay, thanks. All right, bye-bye. All right, and we're going to do the last call of the day. We're going to go to Albert in Troshu. Good morning, Albert. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Good, good. How are you doing? That's good. Oh, just great. If I can get weeds out of my garden and... Yeah, isn't that guess, isn't uh, that the dilemma? Yeah. You think you have control one day, and then you come back two days later, and you're like, holy, where did it all come from? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I got mandarin oranges. I got three of them. Yep. And one's got, um, like, they branched out. Yeah. But uh, some of the leaves are curling on it. Okay. So I would take a look under the leaves, take a look. Um, spider mites in that love mandarin, like they love the oranges, the citrus plants. Oh, yeah. And that'll force them. So look under the leaves and see if you see any webbing or a little white powdery looking thing. Um, and if you do, I would just get like uh, for where you are in Trosha, I would just get some uh, rubbing alcohol or something on a, on a nice soft cloth, pour it on there, and then just wipe the leaves underneath there. And that will get rid of that as well. Okay, and that's uh, the only, I'm trying to think what what else that's if they're curling under that's typically what it is. So yeah. And another question: uh, Is it too late to like? I got some red potatoes I cut up quite a while ago, and I put them in some water, and they're getting roots on it. Is it too late to plant them or? No, right now is just, you can still plant throughout the summer if you're just rooting stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, and just plant them in the garden and get potatoes out of them. Um, well, you probably get. A, I would get them in fairly quickly, though. If you're if you if you're hoping to get some potatoes and things like that, still. Yeah, because I just even the marble potatoes are good. Yeah, no, and we you have a bit of time, but they'll be nice. Hopefully, they'll be nice and small potatoes by September. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. Thank All you. All right. Good luck. Thanks, Albert. Okay. Bye bye. All right. I just want to thank everybody for participating today. Um, I got a lot of texts. I'm going to try to get through a few of them. I might not get to all of you. I, uh, I, I appreciate you participating. And we'll get our garden on next week here on 770 CHQR.